0: Control, this is Pump and Powell of Fat Air. We're not coming in for a soft landing. We're coming in for a perfect landing. Today, we'll discuss whether to chase or not to chase. That is the question. Believe it or not, we got a bunch of earnings to discuss. we still got uh, some retailers. Kroger's having some good numbers. I do have an update on the Kroger's Coast Law. And we'll just talk about the market. We got some numbers at 830 that might shake shake things up. Jeffrey Hirsch, stock trader's almanac. He might have to rewrite that thing for next year. Well, what's that get you? It gets you pre-market prep. bitch. let's get us going.
1: Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Connan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day.
2: All
0: right. Good morning, traders and investors. We're up five and three quarters handles at 40.87. Uh, We got a number on the upside, that number on the upside. The close, the closing price before we had the big puke in uh, September was 41.37. So we will uh, look at that as a level on the upside today because there's really not much much else we do have uh bitcoin that's trading in the red by 40 bucks we have uh crude that's up 92 cents 95 cents at 81.50 uh we have gold up 39.60 17.99 and a half silver that's up 67 cents at 22.45 the buck is down 58 cents 105.32 tlt having a good day up a buck 54 And uh, somehow I got out of order on these things. But uh, let's bring in Triple D and let's bring in Money Mitch. And the question for you, Triple D, is this enough to get you back? Are they going to get you back? We got to get a dip here. We got to chase or not to chase. That is the question the, the whole year the thing has been not to chase
3: yeah and we haven't given still,
0: anything back today
3: no but i think it's still not to chase i mean we already saw a big move here before on the cpi and they gave you another shot it's the market that continues to give you shots so i don't think you need to chase here i do think we, we got room to 420 okay. we knew it set up well for seasonality the market wanted an excuse to buy stocks stocks have pulled back significantly from where they were. I mean, look at Square. It had the big move from 50. Everybody's chasing up at 75. It pulled back and consolidated in the 62 range. I mean, a lot of these stocks have just consolidated here. So they actually were primed to go and Powell gave them some gas. I mean, it was a coin flip event, really. You know, was he going to be hawkish or was he going to be dovish? He was a little bit on the dovish side and that was good enough for the markets and they never looked back. So this market's being driven by Fed policy, Fed speak, and that's pretty much it. So that's pretty much what matters. And he kind of hinted, Mitch, maybe you can give some of the comments for people who didn't see it yesterday. Yep. But he kind of hinted that there was going to be a slowdown in the increase in rates. And I didn't hint, he said it. So people are interpreting that as a pivot. I don't think it's a pivot, but I do think that, you know, I would have thought 50 was a possibility already. Well, it sounds like it's not just a possibility. It sounds like 75 is completely
1: off the table. Well, don't worry because sergeant Pepper, Lonely Heart Club Band is here for you. Ago, let's go! I'm ready. I'm ready to lead us through this market. Money oh Mitch here. Man. It's December. Let's go. Let's go. I don't get even know go. if you're gonna we're gonna
3: get fined for this music here fine. because I've never heard that music.
0: Oh, let's go! Let's get <laughs> what into are you this market. Ba- wait, 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 wait. You've heard that song
3: before. I don't think so.
0: Oh, come on. I don't
3: think I know on, that song. Come on, Dennis. Oh
1: my
0: God.
3: I don't Dennis. think I know that song. I don't know if they play that music in Canada. Yeah, they're
1: Have not allowed ever- to play it in Canada. I think, <laughs> Have you ever heard of the Beatles?
3: Was oh, that no. a Beatles song?
1: I was never heard of the Beatles. That was a Beatles song? Who knows Yes. That?
3: It wasn't one of their main songs. Sergeant like know, like, Pepper's Lonely
0: heart there, there was a whole movie. There was a whole movie.
3: I don't oh, know.
0: That no, one. I not believe it. You're so young, Triple D. I know. Mitch oh is my lord.
1: Too. Yeah. God. Hit the like button for that, because yeah, like you guys said, I need to make some of those uh, Beatles bucks back. Like thinking about it says so. Hit the like button. Get it started today. Let's get right towards the action. Gonna lead us through. Are, There's a lot to go through. So let's that. go. I
3: listen to gangster rap.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a little I, bit
3: different.
0: I, I, <laughs> I Can I to take a little rap. break I'm from here? The D. I need we a little break. To
1: that. I need. We we, oh. we, we we
3: listen to NWA. We listen to Eminem. <laughs> All right,
1: I'm leading us
3: that through. Let's go, go. Yeah, Dennis. Dennis,
0: Let's I think go. you see you with the jeans and like your butt hanging out and like the chains. Is that the way? <laughs> is that the, the way yeah, you walked out in high more, school?
1: He wasn't He wasn't cool enough for the Beatles. You know, he was more of that hard rock. He smoked cigarettes.
0: He smoked cigarettes. cigarettes and, 80s. And out at the smoking lounge. He was listening. wearing leather. He was a leather
1: wearer. I'm sure he was wearing some good leather back in Did the day. You have Let's get towards it. Let's get towards Jerome Powell here give you guys the comments that he gave. I'm going to read some quotes. You guys take it how you guys want to take it. And of course, you guys see how the market took it. And I think that's what matters most. But let's get towards it. Federal Reserve uh, Chair Jerome Powell appeared to confirm a slowdown with the central banks tightening right now. Let's get towards these comments here. These are specific quotes pulled out. Thus, it makes sense to moderate the pace of our rate increases as we approach the level of restraint that will be sufficient to bring inflation down. The time moderating the pace of rate increases may come as soon as the December meeting. Despite some promising developments, we have a long way to go in restoring price stability. Given our progress in tightening policy, the timing of moderation is far less significant than the question of how much further will we need to raise rates to control inflation and the length of time it will be necessary to hold the policy at that restrictive level. It's likely that restoring price stability would require holding policy at a restrictive level for some time, as history cautions strongly against prematurely loosening policy. There's a lot to take in there. But
3: basically, in summary, he's a little more dovish than he was yesterday. And the market Is he really
1: though? I
3: I think so, but (laughs) I would have expected a little bit of that speak. You know, because we did get this late CPI number. I don't think he said anything that I didn't expect, but the market, we know this market price is in nothing. Um, You know, the most inefficient market hypothesis is what we're trading in right now. And they're like, oh my goodness, he's not going 75. Well, I didn't think he was going 75. I thought he was going 50, but the market obviously thought he was for sure going 75 because when the hints of 50 or less came out, they bought stocks and they could not stop buying stocks valuations. Who cares? It's a bull market. Back to all-time highs. That's what the market thinks. I disagree, but it's still, you know, it's hard to argue. We've talked about this 420 possibilities. That's not even looking like a possibility. It's looking more like a probability.
0: You know what I think really caught people off guard, too, is that there was no shake and bake. You know, usually, like with his comments, you know, that there's some there's a pop, there's a drop, but it was and, and, and in in I uh you know I commend them. I don't we don't talk about one minute charts very much, but it was like one thirty, we're at uh we're at, uh, let me get my handles right thirty nine fifty, and it was like a minute into the speech, yeah, and it was he, like,
1: whoa, he whoa. didn't even and give any he like he didn't seen. breathe into the mic, and it was already yeah, ripping, yeah.
0: it was ripping. And yeah. there was nothing. And
1: I wasn't looking
3: back either.
1: It wasn't yeah. what he said. That's what I wanted to state at, at the close. It wasn't what he said. The market was going up regardless of if he would have even mentioned some hawkish tone. I think the markets would have gone up. They wanted think, an excuse to
3: buy stocks. We had pulled yeah. back pretty substantially on a lot of growthy names. I mean, ARKK was kissing near its 52-week low. So we got to give it a little bit of perspective. This rip-roaring kick-butt rally here. The growthy names kind of got back to where they were last week. I mean, yes, the SP is making new highs, but we know value has been driving that bus. Does the value train continue here? It was continuing yesterday. I mean, the banks were down in the morning, to your point, Mitch, and then they brought them right back up here again. So I do think that's value names you're buying on dips. I think those are the names I'm looking at. But, you know, when we're going into a risk on market, obviously you're going to get bigger moves and the teslas are going to get bigger moves than some of the other names there's room these stocks are oversold so there is room to the upside i just find trouble to like just get raw raw bullish like this is it? we're going to new all-time highs i mean because at a certain point like i mean chad doesn't want to talk about that the dow joel we're talking about the dow which is very diversified not like the nasdaq all tech stocks s p P's diversified too but the Dow loaded up with a bunch of different stocks, but more value-type stocks So mm-hmm. diversified in the value-type sectors. I mean, 369, 346, we're off, what, from the all-time high? Six, seven percent? Is that right? right Am there. I getting my math right? Nothing. We're within striking Nothing. distance on the Dow, like, like like striking distance by the end of the year, which is insane to think about. That's why I have trouble coming in here and buying stocks, because like we've said on this show, they're not cheap they're not cheap. So if you're buying stocks here, you're basically saying it's a foregone inclusion. He's navigated a soft landing. This is over. It's party as usual. I don't think I'm that bullish. So I'm not chasing stocks here. I will be buying dips. I will be selling rips, but I can't come in here just with two hands and say, yep, this is at New all-time highs on the Dow. Because if you're buying stocks here, that's what you're saying.
0: Now, one thing, of course, I, to, I came to, up with uh, 6.3 percent. We're only 6.3 uh, percent from
3: all time highs on the Dow. Nobody likes to hear that because everybody is loaded up with tech stocks, which NASDAQ down 27 percent. We know many individual names in the Kathy's fund are down 50, 60, 70, 80 percent. It feels like this horrible market that we've been in, but it's just not the case. This market has not been that bad. It's been bad for tech stocks. It's been bad for growth stocks. Value stocks, we've talked about Deer. It's right there, new all-time highs. We've talked about Caterpillar. It's the tale of two markets. So when you're just analyzing that, I mean, I still want to be in those value-type names on pullbacks, but this is not just like, oh, everything's been so killed, we've got to bounce back. We haven't really been killed that bad. It's only been pockets of, of death. And that's the stuff that never should have been up there in the first place. So I still think you gotta be somewhat cautious because some of the pain could still be ahead of us in the new year. And everybody is silent.
1: No, that was my fault. I was on mute there. Oh, okay. Um <laughs> I was talking to myself. All right, so I one talk of the to things myself all the time. Uh, of course. So now we get, of course, Jerome Powell uh, starting to think that he's going to slow down the pace rate. But remember what he said in the first quote, and I'll go back to it to kind of point towards it. He said that it may come as soon as the December meeting. He gave no guarantees. Yeah. And so I, I, I want to go ahead and keep that in mind. And he's he waiting also- for the next CPI number. And one of the things that keeps me a little bit more tamed is that, yeah, we, we've gotten this nice push up. But one thing that he clearly is saying that we might need to stay at restrictive levels for some time. And if we stay up at the Fed fund rate, interest rates at like, let's say, five or six, who knows, Bullard, seven percent. And we stay there for the whole year next year. What's going to happen to the markets we
3: cannot stay up here for a prolonged period of time. Could they handle higher rates for a year? Maybe. If we have to stay up here for multiple years, where we're now looking at the new norm of having four, five, 6% interest rates, you know, your mortgage in some cases, if you're not, you know, a prime, you know, you can be borrowing up to six or 7%. If they have to go to that, it will eventually hit the markets. It has to. So, because people are too levered. Like like we said, in the short run, people can handle it. They had a lot of savings. They have a lot of equity in their homes. They have had a lot of free money that they've been sitting on. Those savings are now gone. We've seen the charts. Those are exhausted. Credit card debt is starting to go up. So it takes time for the economy to start getting hit. It takes time for the Fed's plan to work. I think the Fed's doing the right thing. Slow down, slow the moderation, And just let our higher interest rates slowly do their work because that's what it does. It does it slowly. People don't just stop buying stuff because they don't look far enough ahead. So they're not looking, oh, man, I'm going to be in trouble next year. They're like, no, interest rates will come down next year. We'll be okay, and we're okay to get there. So you got to break that mentality and say, oh, my goodness, interest rates might be up here for a while, and then people will stop spending as much, and then prices will start to come in. But everything matters. The only thing that matters now is the CPI report in December. And if that comes in, for whatever reason, even slightly hot, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, it was a one-off and it'll be a disaster for the markets. If it comes in light again, green light buy, they'll be like, we've beaten inflation and they will take that down into all-time highs or be close to it. So I think it's all dependent on what you think that next CPI number is going to be. I don't know. I'm torn. Tough market to call. I think
0: yeah i what i i did listen to his speech a little bit and what i you know what i thought was interesting is that the way that he put it with like the economy and the jobs market and you know we just have to go back to this i mean we we just went through such an unusual period with you know with the pandemic right and you know supply chains and and uh you know business stoppages and everything and you know that was a point that maybe they would have started you know before that Maybe rates would have, you know, the interest rate cycle would have changed. And I just like the way he talked about that with, you know, a lot of people retired, you know, from it. So that opened up the job market, right? And these retirees, they're, you know, they're like, oh, you know, after that, I'm done. I got my money. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna be conservative with my investments, and I'm gonna spend it. So that's kept, you know, that's kept the job market buoyant. So I think what he was saying more than like we got inflation licked. What I came from, got away from the speech was like, you know, we've really ratcheted up interest rates, right? But the economy's hanging in there, and I, I that's what you know, um, you know, I think that's, that's more. Where I got out of the speech. The other thing, just yeah. Yep. That's Working truth. through that access, you know, chips, you know, yeah. supply chains, you know, all this yeah. stuff. I mean, yeah, yeah. So that's why. And then I'm just going back to the indexes. You know, Dennis, I know we've been S&P centric for a long time, but I mean, you know, it's just too tech heavy. Yeah, you know, heavy. the apples. Yeah. 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 I mean, and the Dow you is know, I, it,
3: Yep. And that's why the yep. Dow, when you look at it, you're like, wow, I wish I was invested in the Dow. But you know what? Last Ten years you've been in the Dow, you've been in the Nasdaq. You've been a lot happier in the Nasdaq. I'll tell you that. So it's just right. giving back some of that outperformance. Yep. I mean, you know, does, does, does you know? Again, it comes back to valuation. This market has moved into valuation, and that's why you continue to see the relentless bid and the low P stuff, and you continue to see the overhead supply and the high P stuff. It's like they can't get traction. You know, they rally for a day or two, and then there's more sellers that come in. So, I mean, this market is obvious what's happening. It's P.E. expansion and the stuff that honestly was just trading and forgotten. Like the drug stocks, I think you still got to buy them on pullbacks because we're still in this market where P.E.s matter. Merck is all-time highs. Gilead, full disclosure, oh Merck, Gilead is new highs on the move. It's far off from all-time highs, but new highs on the move. I mean, Amgen, go to that one. Right there, up near all-time highs. You've got you know, Lilly, which obviously all-time, Alzheimer's drug and stuff that's happening. Um, it's at all-time highs. Your Biogen weighs off, but it's been moving back too. I mean, this is the tale of two markets. Mm-hmm. And there is a bull market. There has been a bull market going on for the last two months in the Dow stocks. There's been a bull market going on in the drug stocks. There's been a bull market all year in the energy stocks. And there's been a relentless bear market in tech. And that's the biggest problem. Is CNBC, and everybody is focused on tech so much that everybody has, you know, the blinders on that we are in just the worst market ever. This is hardly that, folks. It's been a bad market for tech, not a bad market for everything else. So I don't even think the recession has come yet. I think the recession will come if interest rates stay up here for a prolonged period of time. So it's still going to matter what is going, what's going to happen going forward. Fifty is good. That they're only going to go fifty, but they're still going up. There's no pivot here yet. There's no indication that we can bring the rates back down. And if rates stay up here, like to your point, Mitch, for the next year, eventually the economy starts to get hit.
1: All right, let's go now towards the earnings stock. Let's talk about Salesforce.com. Q3 EPS at $1.40 beats the $1.21 estimate. Sales at $7.84 billion beat the $7.82 billion estimate. Salesforce sees Q4 22 adjusted EPS at $1.35 to $1.37 versus the $1.34 estimate and also sees their full year 23 adjusted EPS higher than their estimate. Now the surprise was Salesforce. Uh, vice chair ceo brett taylor stepping down
3: and that's what really hit the stock and obviously we had benny off on mad money last night he was sad to see him go um they know it's a big loss for them stock is getting hit i do think i tweeted this last night i do think after the move from yesterday and the s p that money managers will be coming in here today and saying what can i buy I think that they do come into a stock like this for the simple reason is that there's people who th- missed it yesterday, and they're like, "Okay, boom, I'm getting Salesforce lower than it was yesterday." Okay, they did lose, you know, a key executive here, but at the same time, uh, stocks are hot right now again. So I think buy the dip mentality will be back. I do think this di- this dip gets bought in Salesforce.
1: Is the PE too high on Salesforce? A
3: little bit, but. Uh, I, I right now we're in risk on mode, Mitch. They were buying okay. stocks. there. So I would say until the next CPI data, I don't know if I want to hold it. I, I don't know what the next CPI data is, but you got two weeks before that. Yeah. I think if I'm just that money manager and thinking I got too much cash in my hands and I am that I'm that too. Thinking, mm-hmm. Okay, well, what can I buy? You look at the two or three stocks that are getting beat up here today, and you think, maybe I'll jump in those. So I think Salesforce could get bought here today.
0: I'll just do quick technicals on this one. Uh, I don't know if it's quite the CrowdStrike setup from yesterday, but you do have a buyer in the lower 147 handle. They've stepped up to 148. Nothing really on the dailies to confirm that. You're right here in this area. So then, if you're looking for more on the downside, if you get fills there – uh, look at the 143 area, and I just, you know, just want to bring it up. You know, the pre-market action. Of course, the market had a lot to do with this, but you know, there was there was someone in there at one 109.30, 110 in the pre-market. This is the hourly pre-market chart. We talked about that. I mean, they were there. They weren't paying 115. They were paying 109, 109 and a half, 110 came down in the regular session and just faked everybody out you got through that level I think you got to 10 turned around yeah 10889 so still got through that area but not by much then you got above that 115 which was keeping a lid on the morning and then you had one of the greatest rallies of all time that happened in so uh look maybe look for a similar setup in crM today
1: all right let's go to snowflake here snowflake eps at 11 cents beat the four cent estimate sales at 557 million beat the 539.1 million estimate i feel this one would fall under that maybe growth that could get the lift today what yeah, do you see it
3: already yes. did
1: they came in and bought the
3: dip on this thing it was down 20 bucks almost at one point in time hit the 123 handle 19 points it was down and they came in and they bought the dip on this one already so You know, if we just, you know, go and, you know, summarize really the earnings from last night, the majority of them actually kind of rallied here. I'm just looking through them. Like, you know, you got the Octas and the Splunks that went up, And the ones that dipped were CRM, the main ones, and Snow. And Snow, they've already bought the dip on. Now, you can say, oh, Dollar General is a good dip to buy on, but you got to be careful. It's risk on market. So Dollar General's defensive. Dollar General's up near all-time highs, different type of stocks. Um, Just bringing it back to Snowflake, though. Um, it fits the script that money managers are looking to buy stuff. Snowflake down 20 on a day that the market ripped up you know, 120 S&P handles from the low. They come in and they buy that stock and they did.
1: All right, let's keep going. Do you want to uh, get maybe uh, And, have to and again, the
3: pe- people will say, oh, you're buying. Yesterday, so,
0: 132.
3: People want to hear what they want to hear. And just because I'm saying that's what the money managers did, it doesn't necessarily mean what I'm doing. It doesn't necessarily mean, oh, yeah, I'm buying Snowflake in my long-term account at 20 times revenue. I'm trying to tell you from a day trading perspective, when the market moves up like it did, you get those dips on those days, they're more prone to get bought. You know, If we're on a really bad day, markets are tanking, we're down 100 S&P points, those dips are not getting bought. So the dips are probably getting bought not because of Snowflake that they see something. It's just because money managers are scrambling to buy stocks. I agree. So I mean, th- at the end of the day,
1: difference. just keep it simple, right? If you were a money manager and for some reason we're yeah. on the sideline on this run yeah. and you saw that run yesterday, what would you be thinking today? Just ask thinking, yourself what can I buy? Exactly. You're thinking, what can I buy? Let's go so to it's
3: not, I'm not saying I'm bullish snowflake and I'm like, yeah, this is it. You know, yeah, we're going to go rah, rah, all in. I'm Let's go just to Okta saying here. What, what the money managers are likely to do meaning I would not be selling Salesforce down 11 points here right now because I think there's money managers lurking, looking, what can I buy? So my job as a trader is to anticipate short-term demand. It's how I make my living, by anticipating short-term demand. That's what I try to do for you on this show. I try to anticipate short-term demand. I'm sometimes right, I'm sometimes wrong, I'm sometimes indifferent and I'm making a call. But that's my job as a trader, is to anticipate short-term demand. And if you're a trader, that's your job as well.
1: All right, let's go to Okta here. And I would say that that's kind of more uh, behavior finance there, that you guys are getting a little insight on, Dennis, there. Let's go EPS here at zero cents, up from the loss of seven cents year over year. Sales at $481 million, beat the $465.34 million estimate. Uh, they see their... Uh, full-year adjusted EPS at a loss of $0.27 cents and a loss of $0.26 cents on the low end versus the estimate that was a loss of $0.72. Cents. So getting a little bit better there. Still not in the positives, but looking good there for their full-year 23 adjusted EPS. And then their guidance also above uh, on their sales there. And then also Q4 EPS looking into the positives versus a negative $0.11 cent estimate at 9 to $0.10. Cents. So good outlook there.
3: Again, beaten up name, just been destroyed. Give me some silver lining. That's all the market wanted from any of these stocks. And they got it in OAKTA. They're looking at the stocks to buy. They're buying at 62. Automatically, people say, I sell the rip and grow stocks. But you're in a different market right now. You're in a market where money managers, we'll bring it right back, this are looking for stuff to buy probably today because they missed it yesterday. And some people didn't miss it. But you know, Nobody on Twitter missed the rally. They're all fully margined in. But I mean, in reality, we know everybody on Twitter just talks about their winners. They don't talk about their losers. I'm telling you, there's a lot of money managers that missed yesterday's rally. So that doesn't make me so inclined to be shorting rips right now. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is a great opportunity. Let's sell Okta. It's not the kind of day we're in here right now. not saying necessarily to chase, but I'm saying dips are going to get bought. I'm more inclined to buy the dip as opposed to sell the rip just because of the action yesterday, short-term
1: trading hat on. All right. And we gave uh any levels there,
0: Joel, for us? Uh, to watch? pre pre market high. Yeah, pre market high is uh, right here at the sixty two fifty area. Um, I'm just gonna give you a potential, like if we can get through that, you always gotta get follow through. Um sixty three thirty two was a high back in September and then a pair of hair, pair of highs at sixty five. So hard for me to give you support on a stock that's up nine bucks, but that's what I'd be looking for um on the upside.
3: Here we well, go. PCE coming here too, folks. So, three uh, minutes. so yep. much.
1: I, I'm trying to get through the earnings.
0: Can't get I'm through the to, earnings. I'm I got to get through wide. economic I'm data here. I'm
3: going wide.
1: Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, man. This one's going to be some little fireworks here. I'll read you guys some estimates here of what's going to come out at 830. There's multiple reports. There's initial jobless claims. Estimate is 235,000. Prior was 240,000, right? So, we want to see initial jobless claims jumping up if you're a bull. You want to see that if you're them coming in under if you're, of course, a bear in this environment. Uh, Core PCE is the next one, right? Uh, Core PCE estimate 0.3 prior 0.5. PCE month over month is estimated at 0.5 prior 0.3. Then when we look at core PCE year over year, which is estimated at 5, prior was 5.1. So that's actually a good outlook there. That would mean that the core PCE year over year is going down a 0.1. PCE price index year over year is estimated at 6.2, prior was 6.2. So let's see if we can get that actually under, let's say towards like 6.1, that'd be a good outlook there. What we don't wanna see is like a 6.4 or 6.5 there for the PCE year over year number.
3: So 30 seconds away from that, that could be a game changer here too. It's not gonna be right, like- uh, the algo the or- move.
1: They're already jumping?
3: Jumping a little bit, it's gonna go wide. Has yeah, the already el- 15, Yeah, yeah. The question is,
1: question is, did Powell have these PCE numbers?
3: Mm. This is a good question there too. <laughs> and and actually, a Fed official. Oh, we gotta wait. PCE is coming right now.
1: <laughs> oh, going wide there. Going wide. Looks getting like hit, it's getting hit right okay. off it.
0: the top. Spike up. They
1: don't like, up, it. They don't like it. but... Yeah. All right. Initial jobless claims, 225,000 versus 235,000 expected. Wide. That's light uh, there. Look at the wideness right now, 408.79, 407.90. That is wide right now. Uh, continuous claims at 1.6 versus 1.57. So that's at least a good outlook there in the continuous claims. Still looking at some uh, extra numbers coming in here. Looking for the PCE data, trying to pull that up here for us.
3: danger will robinson all right pce for october
1: 0.3 versus 0.5 expected that's good there for the pce month over month came down there to 0.3 versus 0.5 i'm looking now for the year over year numbers i got core pce coming in an important one 0.2 versus 0.3 uh that's actually a good outlook estimate uh, was 0.3 it came in under that so core pce coming down there that's a good outlook there Year-over-year uh, year number at 5% versus the 5% for core PCE year-over-year. Year. Um, so that's at least not looking too bad. That's just coming in in line there. So at least from what I'm seeing here, the only thing that was in the negative was the initial jobless claims. For the bullish side, continuing jobless claims coming in a little bit higher, that's a good outlook there. And then I look at the PCE numbers. Those are looking good here as we're getting the push now towards 40917 Wow. Joe, how how you seeing the markets? You, you there?
3: That was the fastest dip I've ever seen bought. That dip yes. was spot so fast.
0: So yeah, fast, I don't know. So can, can you guys you guys hear me at all?
1: Yeah, we can hear you at least. You're you good on, on audio. All right. So spy definitely jumping up there towards 409 I the mean, 40s now.
0: I you gave all that information. Yep. Um I'm looking you
3: Joel's, know uh forty one thirty. Uh big. the There's dip not was much bought out there. so quickly. Joel's the is gonna cut out here again. Here we're gonna have to just I don't know what we're gonna do on his audio. We're gonna have to figure he's gonna have to get a new audio. Sorry, Comcast. I think you're gonna lose him as a customer because it's just not working. Um yeah, we got two minutes out today, guest. So we'll, we'll get them out to tell our guests. Joel's trying to figure it out in the background. It's been too long. Comcast just can't get it together over there. So yeah, we'll, we'll be getting we Jeff on in a second
1: that. here. We can take a look at what came out. This was the only number that was under, I would say, it, of, of the readings, right? And then we can look at continuing jobless claims. Uh, continuing jobless claims actually came over uh, the expected there. So that's actually a good outlook here. Crazy, uh, this crazy
3: move. So we dipped. We got back to Unch on S&P yeah, let me for share about a split second. Here. And then that was it. And then they just started buying it and they couldn't stop buying it here again. So I don't even know what to say. And that was um, wide, man. That I, was wide. We were a buck wide on SPY. You don't see that very often. We were a dollar wide on the SPY there. So yeah. even if you had orders out there, you probably could have got picked off if you were sitting there. But if you tried to go in after the fact, you had to be out there. It was the only way you were going to get filled. Yeah, you, you had, had to be, have jump. order sitting out there ready to go, which takes a lot of guts going into a number to just be sitting out there because you get picked off
1: yeah so almost instantly
3: Yeah, well you do instantly so (laughs) now they're buying them again they can't stop buying them this is way this market is tricky 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 market um again obviously tape bombs happening from inflation perspective tape bombs happening from Powell speak it's all macro data right now it's the only thing that matters technicals are pretty can give us a target to 420. but again we're just listening Fed is controlling this market inflation data controlling this market Obviously, economic data, macro data has never mattered more. It's never mattered more than it does right now.
1: Hey, it looks like the Q4 rally is still on. Um, we were looking at to see if we would get that Q4 rally. Looks like Jerome jump started it yesterday. We're getting a nice little push here from some inflation data. And from this moment, we won't get anything until the next Fed meeting. And so uh, at that point, you know, you know, we'll probably maybe get the 50 basis points and we could even be higher. Who knows? Maybe we can continue going from that. This does leave room now that, I mean, we're close to 410. I, I did draw this upward trend line from the, kind of the downward action that we ran yeah. into it one time in August and before, prior. Now it looks like we're running right into that. We're actually looking like we're going to maybe break that outlook today. So that's a, definitely an impressive move. Of course, a lot of people are calling for the 200-day moving average. We've already broken through there, 403.96. So that's yeah. kind of maybe pullback level that I would maybe look for 403s, 404s to hold on pullbacks. But if 400 holds now for the end of the year, I think we got to stay at least for myself even in the bullish shoes. So I'm going to be looking at that 400 uh, for a long time now to just make sure that we can stay above 400 and maybe follow the trend. This is when I like to trade. I know a lot of times we talk about trading that when it gets difficult, is that sideways action. But when wow. we start getting breakouts where we actually get a trend, that's when the trend traders come into play and they're looking to ride that momentum. We'll just have to see. The, they're
3: they're, they're looking to that. go to 420. The trend guys are saying, I'm buying dips and we're going to 420. And I'm not going to argue with that. I mean, I don't want to buy the rips, but you know, they've quickly bought, the algos quickly bought that dip here at 830. It was there for a split second and they're all over it here again. Tricky, tricky, tricky market. So many tape bombs. It's one of the toughest markets I've ever seen to call. We've been saying this for the last two months. You know, sometimes you can get a market that's like, that's a pretty easy call. And then you get these other markets, like, wow, I don't think anybody calls market. Goldman Sachs exactly, you know, said it a month and a half ago. Nobody's calling this market day to day. I mean, and it's true. It's, you don't know what the next tape bomb's going to be. We were going through corporate earnings before. Obviously, we're through that. But I mean, unless you know these inflation numbers, unless you know these CPI, unless you know what Powell is thinking, it's tough to just say yeah this is what's happening and this is where we're going there's no outlook here five six days from now nobody knows where we're going so you trade what you have and right now the bull's got the momentum so i'm buying the dip tomorrow i might be selling the rip but as a day trader i'm buying dips
1: all right let's go ahead let's bring on our guest today we got jeffrey hirsch in the background let's bring him on Jeff Hirsch, Editor-in-Chief of the Stock Trader Almanac. Welcome back on, Jeff. How we doing? Looks like we got a little fireworks this morning.
2: Uh, we're doing great. How you guys doing? Great to be with you. It's
1: Jeff, it's been be a while.
3: You. How's it going? Yes. Yeah, how's it going? It's
2: going great for uh, midterm election year seasonality in uh, the Almanac outlooks.
3: Well, this is what we need. We need to know. Give us the crystal ball. We know that the Stock Trader's Almanac can sometimes be used as that. So... Give us that crystal ball here, Jeff. What do you see going into the end of the year?
2: Well, I mean, it's never crystal clear the ball, but the the you know the trend, the the history, the the longer it the the current market tracks the history, the the more confident we get. And this year has been a case of point. Not necessarily levels, but um, you can see the the trend. Some of the charts we've we've been putting out there all year about the midterm years and. You know, mm-hmm. our aggregate cycle chart, which is midterm years, all years and second years of decades and analogs to 62 and 74 and all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, we're long. We're bullish. We had our seasonal buy signal. You guys are day traders and selling rips and buying dips.
3: You know, <laughs> yeah. we're kind
2: of contrary and seasonal, which is, you know, our game a little more swing than, than the day trade. But, um, you know, we're not expecting the V bottom. You know, people have, have gotten used to that. Um over the years recent years uh we're looking at some chop. We're looking, you know, general uptrend okay. taking out or at least reclaiming the 200 days encouraging uh for the S&P, Dow's already done that. Um so we're expecting some chop but you know climbing out wall of worry. And that's, that's where we're fact. at. We're 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 long. We're bulls.
1: Definitely. That's something that I've been watching on an area that I've been looking at seasonality. And maybe you can give me a little bit more insight into it turning around is maybe solar. How do you feel about the solar names? They've been really strong lately.
2: My father started looking at solar when Jimmy Carter put panels on the roof of the White House. <laughs> um, as as a, a guy who likes, you know, outside stuff and hiking and all that stuff, I want to have renewable energy as much as the next guy but I can't touch that stuff I need um, growing earnings and and revenues and valuations and yeah. you know then we go to the technicals and seasonals when we look at stocks so I'm rooting for hydrogen I'm rooting for solar but I think we gotta stick with um, you know old school energy which is what I have a bunch of in our portfolio we did a stock screen like we do right around we get our seasonal best six months buy signal and um, a lot of small, uh, mid cap, uh, energy stocks came through there. So I own a few of those. And then we did a, um, another screen after earnings season and, and, uh, you know, we're able to add some additional stocks to it.
3: Well, what other stocks So you like energy? What other sectors and what are you looking at? Uh, Jeff, I mean, going in I'm in
2: biotech. It. I own the XBI. Um, uh, I got the small caps, um. IWM. One of the encouraging things that uh, we saw technically, I don't know if you want to put up the the Russell or the IWM, sure. but that that um, was chart we've shown subscribers and, and 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 folks is is the way it didn't break the June lows like the the large cap indices did. Um, exactly. I mean that's the picture. I'll use a little a little highlighted square there just to make it clearer for people when I when I draw it. But yeah, that was encouraging for us, and especially thank you, um, especially the uh, uh, that time of the year, you know, around the end of September, beginning of October, not notoriously um, great for small caps versus large caps. So for the small caps to hold that, that was encouraging. Um, I mean, some of the names, uh, I mean. Permian Basin I own, uh, WTI, um, not doing so great right now. That's that's on the um, the list to keep an eye on. Uh, Murphy Oil. Um, you know, there's a few more that, that are smaller than that. If you guys, you know, people want to check out the the latest November basket, you know, I'll yeah. throw in a couple names. We put United Healthcare back in there, one of our favorite industries um, because of – Oh, the pharmaceutical industrial complex that continues to uh, drive, um, you know, money into that industry. Um, we got some semiconductors, some smaller stocks, uh, a little more electronics and computer networks, a couple more energy stocks in there. But, um, you know, that's the stuff we put out for subscribers.
1: Definitely. You guys got to check out the Stock Trader Almanac to get that list, of course. So yeah, definitely I mean, check everyone that out. Gets
2: a- Everyone gets a free Almanac with a subscription. So, you know, not everyone realizes we put out a lot of market timing and, and there's also sector. Um, you know, we use seasonal sector, uh, uh, sector seasonalities, but we also layer technical and fundamental analysis on top of things and, and always a look at what's going on. I mean, you guys were mentioning Jerome, very, uh, um, you know, friendly. <laughs> I don't know you're on a first name basis, but uh, right. it's uh yeah, everyone's expecting him to pull another Jackson Hole. And there he's like, Well, you know, I think we can you know taper down a little bit. So it,
3: it I mean, gave investors the green light to come in here. And you know, you're a big fan of seasonality. Um, and we know what you like the Santa Claus rally, but that's a ways away here. How does this period from beginning of December up until Christmas, how does this period really look, you know, from a seasonality perspective?
2: very great question. First of all, the Santa Claus rally was invented by my father, Yale Hersh in the 1970, 1972 Almanac. Um, and that is the last five days, trading days of the year, plus the first two of the new year. And it's really an indicator, not a tradable rally, though you can trade it. Um, we combine the the, you know, general year end seasonality from which is something that Larry uh, McMillan, an option strategist, really, he does with the small cap. So you take the small cap effect, which really starts in December. The run from just before Thanksgiving, Tuesday before Thanksgiving, through the Santa Claus rally. And you get a nice trade from Tuesday before Thanksgiving to the second trading day of the year. But to your question, here we are, December 1. We put a little blog out, post out yesterday, which we kind of keep it running with what's what's coming around a, a few days in advance or a day in advance on, on the calendar for, for, for traders, for day traders like yourself. And the first day of December has been, leans a little bearish. But um, when it's positive and we think the momentum that we got yesterday from Jerome, our new friend, um, can carry over today and the average gains about one percent for the S&P. But beginning of December, when tax loss selling starts to kick in, you know, you tend to see weakness or flat sort of period. There's a I don't know if you want to pull up the little chart we have from a couple of days ago um, on our blog. I mean, if you go to the website, it's it's a it's a nice chart. Or, I mean, I could share it, too, if you want to do it, just. You see the sort of little chop at the beginning of December. Yeah, if you'd and, like, you can month. just share your
1: screen, Jeff. If you'd like, you can just share a screen and then I show can? us that if you want. Down at the bottom, you'll see a little present button. Present. Hit the share screen. Select a window or a screen, and you can just show us what so that we can no, get the share. inside scoop. We like the inside scoop. We always like the inside the scoop.
2: Screen works best. Oh, no. Share a screen.
1: I'm definitely a two scoop ice cream kind of guy. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm a two steak kind of guy these days.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love me some barbecue. If you don't like yeah. barbecue, I don't know. I don't know how you live life. Did that but... come
2: up? There it yeah. is. got
1: you right there, Jeff.
2: Hey, look at me, technically, technologically, technologically <laughs> advanced. Um, so I don't know if that's big enough, but uh, I guess I could maybe.
1: There we go. We got it.
2: So there's one of my pretty little charts. Um with, you can just see the, uh, I don't know, can you see my mouse in there? There you can. Yeah. So yeah, the mid-month do. here, and the red line is the Russell 2000. This is where the old, you know, January effect, not to be confused with one of Yale's other inventions, the January barometer. January barometer is as the S&P goes in January, so goes the year. But uh, the January effect, which was originally discovered by a man named Sidney Wachtel back in the 40s, he was an investment banker that small caps outperformed large caps in January. And we found um, over the past few decades that that small cap outperformance really tends to begin in the last half of December, last two weeks of December. So you can see the Russell right here going up. So you're saying what what goes on from here to Christmas? We got sideways action. Um, you know, a little bit of chop as tax law selling, uh, uh, you know, takes hold, um, you know, you get tax loss selling in, in, in a couple scenarios. You got a big up market. People need to cover their, their winnings. And also you got, you know, a lot of losses this year with, with the stuff that's with the bear market. People want to sort of capitalize on that and they, and they can roll those over into other tax years. And then you see the, um, you know, the pop into Christmas and then the Santa Claus rally, uh, which goes into, you know, the um, first couple of days of the new year. And a little trading strategy for y'all um, is something we call the only free lunch on Wall Street, right. which is um, basically taking stocks, making new 52-week lows. Uh, we It used to be December 15th through February 15th that um, these new lows outperformed the market. It was NYSE back in the old days. And now we we pick them on the um, triple witching Friday of, um, and I won't say quad witch because I don't but I don't think single stock or ETF futures have we're, any.
3: Impact. We're with you on that. Woo-hoo. We're with you on that. We still say triple witch to me and Joel because we don't like the single stock futures. So we're not even on the quad <laughs> witch bandwagon ever. Yeah. And, and it always triple even... witch to us.
2: Yes. It's it's a better phrase, I think. But um, so on that Friday, uh, actually we do it Saturday morning over the weekend. It gives us time to, to do the sort that we do. We get rid of, um, and anyone can do this on their own, only common stocks trading for more than a year. No new issues, no splits, no SPACs, no IPOs, no closed-end funds, no funds, no ETFs, nothing but straight up, you know, class A or, I mean, some companies have a class B that's their main stock, like it was at Google, I think it is. Um, uh, and then we weed those down, make sure there's no fly-by-night Chinese internet stocks or biotechs or something crazy that's really thin. And um, we take the ones that are down the most. And years like this, where you've got uh, a down market, those that strategy tends to work much better. Um, And we put that out to newsletter subscribers, uh, usually over the weekend, so they can get in there uh, Monday morning. And we try to keep a tight window uh, near where that closes and um, trailing stops and that sort of thing. And you take any quick gains and get out of there. It's It's a good trade for traders like yourselves.
1: Love it! I love that uh, outlook there, especially going into now the January effect. I know a lot of traders are looking for ways to get some returns to the end of the year, so that's not a bad outlook. Looking into, of course, December when we'll get that Santa Claus rally, and if it comes down, of course, towards the end of the year, well, there'll be some profit taking. Of course, um, I feel like that with this big move too, there should probably be a lot of uh, kind of portfolio shifting. Uh, re reshuffling that you know cutting out some losers adding to some winners especially with this big pop I think a lot of the money managers are going to try to you know make things look a little bit better right underneath the hood
2: yeah they want to pad the um, the, the, the statements the portfolios a lot of that happens September October which creates that that vortex that uh, of October phobia which is there's the the uh, October 31st deadline you guys probably know about where um for distributions and, and such, they've got to make transactions. And there, there's a whole accounting uh, reconciliation that happens at that time. And a lot of portfolio cleaning and restructuring happens in September, which we saw pretty clearly. You can see it on his chart right here. This is my aggregate cycle chart, which I was alluding to earlier. Um, and the other thing, you know, I mentioned was the sweet spot of the four year cycle here. Uh, I mean, there's a page in the, um, the new almanac I've got out here, the, the 23, mm. of course, you see it right handy on my desk, right? I
1: like it. I like the way it looks. It looks Thank it's you. Good. I
2: appreciate that. And then on page 34, we do welcome to the sweet spot of the four-year I like site. like that.
1: Let me put you full screen there. Oh, look at that. There we go.
2: Sneak peek here.
1: I love handbooks. I make handbooks all the time. I think they're so important.
2: So you see the Q4 um, midterm year through Q2 pre-election year is, um, all right, I'm going to put that down. It's distracting me. Is um, <laughs> that sweet spot where you can see, I'm going to have a, this chart's on my blog. I've posted it out there. You know, it's, it's not, it's not secret, but um, this is that sweet spot. You know, this is the midterm year, the pre-election year, best year to um, four year cycle, the, th- the third year. Uh, we see gains from the midterm low, which if we've got it already, which I've got some, Friendly gentlemen wagers with with colleagues about the low being in um, for stake, of course, um, <laughs> for uh, the, the move already? from the low to the pre- midterm low to pre-election year highs, about 48 percent for the Dow and 68 percent for Nasdaq. Um, not saying we're going to get all that. There's a couple of big years in the averages, but, you know, anywhere in the um, what it said in that little bar chart is about 20 percent for the um down S&P and just under 30 for NASDAQ in that sweet spot, the three quarters midterm Q4 through through pre-election Q2. Now, you know, these numbers get a little bit tempered and muted when you have uh, such a bear market like we've had. Um, you know, when we're still down by, you know, um, was it 16 uh, percent by Thanksgiving? That was a pretty decent table I put up there. Here it is. Hey, we're flying turkey. So when you got um, year-to-date Tuesday before Thanksgiving, you can see still got a positive Santa Claus rally that Tuesday before Thanksgiving. I don't know if you can see that so good. We can there we it. go. T- Tuesday before Thanksgiving to Santa Claus rally, pretty decent. But, you know, December, not bad, but, you know, not blowing my my uh, my doors off there. So that kind of damage that we've had, you know, can, can, can still be there. And and that's why we think we're going to, we're going to get some chop, but you know, climb that wall of worry higher. I mean, we could retest the lows. Everyone's thinking of eight, you know, scenario where, where we retest in, in the spring. Um, I don't sense, I mean, I know I, I could bear to barely stick around and listen to SBF on, on uh, CNBC last oh, night. Oh
3: this is tough.
2: Oh, I mean, was he whining? They even cut that... him off
3: and went to Kramer. They had it on for a bit, and then they're like, "Okay, we're done with this." And then they went. Yeah, to Kramer. I mean,
2: I was actually driving home listening on on Sirius in the car, yeah. and um, I just I called my my uh, my partner and had our little you know end of day chat instead. I just couldn't take it. You know, it was it was a bit much, but um, it is it is. But the point being that that blow up is not you know equivalent to the blow ups in 08. I mean, Lehman, you know, AIG. Yeah. I, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, come on. It,
3: not it's, even close.
2: It's not even close. So that's why I'm leaning in into the 62-74 analog. I know, as I mentioned McMillan before, he thinks we're in the 73 mode. But, you know, I'm, a, I'm an election cycle guy. So I, I really, you know, sort of ISO on um, the four-year cycle in the midterm year and the fact that it's tracked it so well, um, especially the – you know first midterm year of a new democratic president which was something that was in the o2 uh almanac um excuse me 22 almanac forgive me um and then i've got that kind of a chart you know in the outlook in the 23 almanac for the um pre-election year and a, a, another aggregate cycle version uh which is all bullish for next year um and if the oh i was gonna tell you about our, our outlook on the dot plot and the fed So we look at their summary expectations and and also, you know, Atlanta Fed's GDP now is pretty positive. But um, the dot plot from September shows, you know, 23 getting into the four and a half, five range. Right. Yeah. I mean, where are we now? Four. Four. He said we're going to go down a little bit. Four and a half. Maybe we get another one. Five. And then that's it. So we're much nearer the end of the tightening cycle and the economy seems to have, um, you know, held up pretty well. And then there's some earning charts. I, I know uh, our friend Sam Stovall at CFRA, used to be S&P nope. has put out some st- his policy notes about the the um, uh, uh, earnings outlooks. And then there's a chart. I think it was uh, Justin Tremer. I don't know if, if I say his name right from uh, from um, Fidelity, right? Where the market bottoms, you know, a couple of quarters before the earnings bottom. So if the forecast is for earnings to bottom in um, around June, you know, mid-23, mid, oh, you know, then, you know, it's conceivable we're at or very near the low, um, and the market, you know, is an anticipating mechanism, a, a barometer, not a thermometer, as my father used mm-hmm. to say. And, um, you know, it's not going to be easy. You got to honor, honor stops, man. The thing that, that helped us this year, I mean, we were concerned and cautious with the heightened volatility in midterm years, even before um, the invasion of Ukraine, Uh, And that really pushed the the, um, January barometer, our trifecta was down. The barometer, the first five days in Santa Claus Rally, Santa Claus Rally was up, but the other two were down. And then, you know, in the portfolios, we just honored the stops and we ended up getting into, you know, by April when we had our our, um, MACD seasonal sell signal. We were in cash and we stayed there most of the year until October. So.
1: Now You're it could on, be that time to-, to put it back into work. We're just going to have to find out. Appreciate you joining us today, Jeff. Would definitely check out the Stock Traders Almanac. And I'm going to throw up here his Twitter if you guys want to follow some of the action that he puts out there. So give him a follow. Appreciate you coming on, Jeff.
2: Thanks, gents. Have a great day. Happy Thanks, holidays. Have a good one.
1: All right, let's go ahead. Let's take a look into the market. We're starting to wrap up here. It's 8.56. Let's take a look at how the SPY is reacting after, of course, those numbers. We did get up there towards around a high here. I'm going to the three minute, a little closer, 409.74, but let's go towards the 15 minute. You guys can see it kind of topping out there. What do you see today?
3: yeah we had so we had a lot of chop off the 830 number we got the initial hit and then they bought bought bot, bought, bought now they're just kind of fading in a little bit here so we're mm-hmm. just fading a bit i don't think you're going to see this like oh massive sell-off from yesterday i think money managers still scrambling on the buy side wouldn't be surprised if we do have a follow-through i do think dips not only are going to get bought on weaker stocks but they're going to bond the overall market too so as a day trader i'm buying the dips here right now as a long-term investor i'm not buying it people, you know, multiple people will reach out to me. What are you buying? We know how I work. I buy from the long term portfolio when the market is weak, not when the market is strong. I won't be buying anything today for the long term portfolio. So, will I be selling stuff? If we get 420 on SP, I will unload more stocks. Um, but, you know, 408, I think there's kind of room to 420. It's kind of, if I was in a swing trade here, I would say 420 would be my target for stocks. I think it's a good target. I think we can get there by maybe even by the next CPI data point, depending if we don't have any more tape bombs. But, you know, Fed speaking, tape bombs are always out there. So obviously we, we, we still have the right to change our opinions as traders. You know, it's okay to be wrong, not okay to stay wrong. So we're allowed to change our opinions. Right now, bulls are in control.
1: We'll see what happens. It looks like Santa came early this year. Will he continue? That's what we need to question, right? And I think uh, if we get this run early in December, are we going to get the Santa Claus rally? Could get it a little bit early, right? I think this is something to just keep in mind. We'll see what happens today. Definitely Jerome Powell shook up this market. Now it's time to go do the hard part, which is trading, really. I mean, there's one thing that we can talk about the perspectives, but it truly is hard to actually go and execute On a market that's changing up like this it is
3: it is a tricky market um and again you know people think you've got to make good calls you know i gotta know where the stock's going next week to make money you don't like this year again if i go to my performance long-term investment account didn't do great i mean i had a lot of cash it probably did better than the average bear but it was down swing trading i hardly did any swing trades it wasn't an easy year for swing trading. day trading really good the day trading was excellent this year um and that's just because short term you get these you know you get the moves that are more predictable in the short term it's always easier to predict where the market, where the stocks are going short term as opposed to long term and people you know will say the opposite you know well we know they're going up in the long term well that's true unless you're in japan unless you've been in china unless you're investing in Russia I mean there's a lot of areas where long-term investing hasn't been good but you know overall we know our markets have t- tended to trend upwards uh, but you know if we're going to do this show we're going to do you know it's if we're going to do this show if we're going to talk to traders we're going to be traders we've got to learn some market timing and I'm just saying always the day trading is much easier to do market timing and than the long-term investing.
1: Yeah, I'll be watching that, uh, especially around the 410 level. That's where my kind of upward trend line runs into. That's kind of like where we pulled back right now. I'm sure technical traders are, are looking at this too. I mean, it looks kind of obvious from this trend line. And I mean, if we can get into, let's say for some reason, by the end of the year towards here, where are we looking at? That's completely a reversal from the downtrend now we actually start getting out of this well trend. that's an
3: interesting chart Mitch I mean you're looking at a resistance point right here right now when you draw that pretty little uh could we call Carter worth trend line because he's very good at connecting those lines I mean one two three four you're right here right now so if you're saying yeah. that downtrend's holding you'd actually be a seller of stocks here right now
1: and then another thing to keep in mind look at the volume that came in the volume's actually pretty high We're finally getting a spike again of volume. And so I think that's one thing to also keep in mind is the volume coming into the market now. I mean, it could have been, of course, with that rip yesterday, but there was a lot of volume coming into this market. And that's one thing that I haven't seen in a while. I mean, look back. At at one point, we were trading 44 million shares a day in August. Now we're up there. We just did a, a 172 million day. I think that the increased volume into the breakout shows me that this could have some legs. We're just going to have to wait and see today to see if we can get that next run. All right. I'm going to let Dennis get out of here. Yeah. Go do what he Joel's, does best.
3: He thinks he's got his internet hiccups working out there. So he's going to be over there too. If you want to go catch some more of Joel, I'm going to go Joel. trade, try to figure out this market. It's a tough one to figure
1: that it is i'll let you out of here dennis and definitely you guys can keep up with premarketprep.com premarketprep plus go on over catch joel alcon and of course he's going live in about two minutes he's letting you know his internet's good on that side so hopefully we'll get that fixed. i know comcast is going out there to joel today i will do my absolute best to get that fixed. even if i have to fly over there and fix it myself we'll get it fixed team Hit the thumbs up. Stick right here on Benzinga. It's going to be a fun day. I also got a Binance interview on Stock Market Movers. Don't want you guys to miss that. Going to dive deep into the crypto game. Hear what Binance thinks on certain aspects. Of course, FTX and Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band. I'm here to lead the show. Let's get going. Let's get going to live trading. Benzinga TV coming up next. Live trading, Benzinga Live, Stock Market Movers, and a Binance interview. Let's get right towards the market action. There's a lot going on. Hit the thumbs up. I hope that you guys enjoyed today's show, and we'll keep it going right here on Benzinga. Definitely happy holiday times for everybody. Wanted to start off the December month in a little bit more of a cheer here. So uh, the Nutcracker's here to lead us. Let's get to it. Hit the thumbs up. I'll see you guys over on live trading. Let's get it going. This is the day. Big day right now. Markets ripping. We've been waiting for this team. Let's get after it. Thank you got me Crypto, I'll see you next week, New York City. Get out there, guys! Use your discount right now, Money Mitch 20. Find out what we get.